Welcome back, fine townsfolk, to another episode of Random Encounters. I am Nick. I'm Matt. And here we are, as usual, to discuss another random monster from a random monster manual. This week in front of me, I have Pathfinder's Bestiary Number 1. This is original Pathfinder, not Pathfinder 2.0 or whatever they call it. Do you know what they call it, Matt? What do they call their second round? I think... I think it's just second edition. Second edition, yeah. Well, this is first edition, and we are open up early to page 37. This is the Boggard. Boggard. Let me show you, Matt. That guy. Very cool. It's a frog man, a toad man, a bit like a, a bit like a bullywug. Maybe it's their answer to the bullywug. I'm not sure. But yeah, they, they're pretty cool. We got some some info here. Bulbous eyes glare atop this creature's decidedly toad-like head. A multitude of warts and bumps decorate its greenish skin. Boggards resemble anthropomorphic frogs or toads, complete with webbed hands and feet, large eyes, and overly wide mouths. These creatures make their homes near large rivers or deep in marshes. There they make small villages composed of mud mounds on the banks. Boggards start out life as tadpoles in breeding ponds, eventually growing to a length of three feet before sprouting arms and legs and becoming capable of terrestrial living. Acceptance into the clan then depends on the young Boggards' successful hunt to kill a sentient humanoid. Those who fail are exiled from the clan. As Boggards age, they continue to grow and lose their coloration. Exceptionally old Boggards bear completely white skin, covering massive, corpulent bodies. Some of these boggards rank among the caste of priest kings and enjoy a life of grotesque pleasures ruling their clans. Though often hunched over, boggards stand five feet tall and weigh close to 200 pounds. These creatures live for 50 years, though the harsh swamps and infighting usually cut these years short. Some cool swamp people. Very cool. Yeah. Did not expect five feet, 200 pounds. That's, yeah, they are, that is a beefy toad. Yeah, they are stocky. They are, they must be wide. They must be very wide. Yeah. Because it's not like they're turtles, so they don't have a shell. I immediately thought of like the Ninja Turtles, but their shell, I'm, I'm assuming, makes up the bulk of their their weight. I would imagine, yeah. So these guys are just, just beefcakes. Yeah. I like the character that it you could create with this there's a lot going on in the society in the the background lore of the boggard that mm-hmm. can really open up a lot of possibilities yeah I, I i definitely see stumbling upon their village in as you're trekking through the swamp to get somewhere or or their their civilization being kind of just a pest to to a village that kind of lives on the outskirts of the swamp, something like that. Yep. They they fit in. They fit in that category of of monsters that we've seen, where I feel like you're you're passing through this town, and this town happens to have an issue, so you have to go help this town, kind of thing. I don't foresee sure. them really being long game. I'm sure they could be. There's no reason you you couldn't really throw the whole thing in there for for the expanse of a campaign or even like the the early stages of a campaign but i see them more as 
just slightly above a random encounter. They are cool, though. That's not to say they're not really, really cool and fun and have enough fodder in there to use for something a little bit bigger than just Crab Man. For sure. I think the the idea of the murderous Rumspringer <laughs> yes. is, yep. is a very interesting hook. And you can use that with the the you know, the town that needs help angle. Oh right, right, you know, exactly. Their, their citizens go missing or they they know that three times a year someone will be killed and it's just a matter of of who yeah. and you guys come in and you have to root out where this this uh boggard society lives and all that and, and take care of it. Yeah, we don't it doesn't say how how regularly they reproduce, so we don't know how many tadpoles there are at any given moment. Maybe it's once or twice a year. Maybe it's it's a lot. Maybe it's very regularly. Yeah, exactly. And are they all coming of age at the same time? So it's just this right. really terrible like war party that just comes out and lays waste. Yeah, is it is it like humans when they can reproduce at any time at any time? Or is it more of a seasonal thing? Like, oh, the spring is when they lay their eggs, which means, let's see, three years. Every, I guess it would be every spring, because yeah. if, if they lay the eggs in three years, those eggs will be ready to go. They'll, they'll exactly. be hatched, obviously, but the tadpoles will be ready to go. Let's see. They have... Uh, they can hold their breath a number of rounds equal to four times their con mod before it risks drowning or suffocation. They have a sticky tongue. They Their tongue attack can move more than 10 feet away. No, a creature hit by a boggard's tongue attack cannot move more than 10 feet away from the boggard and takes a negative two penalty to AC as long as the tongue is attached. This penalty does not stack if multiple tongues are attached. <laughs> I just love the idea of like four boggards, one from every direction, just just attaching to to one of your players. It's funny because it's not a whip; it's literally attached to their mouth. Yeah, right, right. It's not just a a, a piece of of weaponry or even a rope or something like that. Like you're talking about frogmen with their mouth open, just basically staring at this one creature. Yeah, it's a bi- it's a biological attack. Yeah, <laughs> biological exactly. weapon. Yeah, the tongue can be removed by making an opposed strength check as a standard action, or by dealing two points of slashing damage to the tongue. AC eleven damage does not deplete the boggard's actual hit points, and it doesn't give hit points for the tongue itself. So those two hit points just get absorbed and they and the tongue detaches basically why wouldn't you do yeah. that oh i think you would have to but you have to have slashing to do yeah, it, it so have, if you're but, a monk oh okay yeah i mean you could do the strength check thing but sure if, if you don't have that slashing weapon then you're you're out of luck yeah but it it doesn't it doesn't take from their hit point pool I would incorporate, like, they if they do, I would give the tongue its own pool of hit points. And if they, if, okay. if they go beyond that or if they hit that max, which honestly, it's a tongue, 
It's a long, thin, stretchy tongue. It's not going to be much. If they go by that max, that tongue gets cut off. Okay, I like that. If it's slashing, you know? If 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 you swing yeah. down on it with an axe and you do 8 to 10 damage, that tongue's not going to survive that. Are you kidding me? No, that's a valid point. So if, if you're giving them the advantage of that two those two hit points not coming off their own pool i would hamper them a little bit and give give them give that tongue its own set of hit points yeah i think that's a very i think that's a valid way of doing it it's a lot like the i don't know if if you ever played with it but it's a lot like the what we call the chunky salsa rule that if you just did a certain percentage of hit points of damage in a single blow like say a quarter or or even half at, to to a creature in a single in a single hit they're gone they're 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 jellified like if you if you're that powerful enough to that to do that much damage i would say you turned them into chunky salsa that's 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 where the the name of the okay. rule comes from <laughs> it's one of those things where you might as well end the encounter because this was obviously not not strong enough for you. Yeah. And why waste another 10 minutes? Right, right. Or or just just by virtue of a, a good, solid bunch of lucky rolls, you know? Sure. Reward so, the, that luck. Yeah, why not? It, it, I think it fits the story better than than just... Wow, you did a lot of damage. Now let's go to the ranger. Because <laughs> yeah. whenever that story always ends in disappointment. <laughs> yeah, it's been a, it's been a while a since we slagged weather. the ranger. <laughs> I know, man, we're slacking. Yeah, they have swamp stride. Obviously, your standard swamp stride, and they have terrifying croak. Once per hour, a boggard can, as a standard action, emit a loud and horrifying croak. Any non-boggered creature within 30 feet, blah, 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 they become shaken for 1d4 rounds, which is an effect in in Pathfinder that I'm unaware yep. of. But if they get hit with it again, they are then frightened. But if they save, okay. they can't be affected by that same boggard's croak for 24 hours. Gotcha. Okay, I mean, that's pretty standard. But once per hour, a boggard can as a standard action. So, I guess they have to be shaken by a different source to then have it turn into frighten. So, either multiple boggards or something else that will give you that shaken condition, I guess. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's you're probably coming upon a, a society of these so to have sure. multiple do this that that makes perfect sense yeah because it's it's only that because it only lasts a d4 rounds and it can only happen once an hour per per boggard so last week i mentioned something about language mm-hmm. and i was i was wrong it has nothing to do with the boggard. It actually has to do with something else. We're taking a little divergence, everyone. We're going to go into the... I think it's the Atten. Okay. Because I was reading the 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 
the Atten as well. And I got the two I got the two mixed up. I was wondering how you were gonna tie language into a <laughs> toad man. But. I wasn't. Oh what does it they oh they speak Bogart. Right, there we go. The Atten is page one thirty in Bestiar number one. But the Atten the Atten speaks a pigeon of giant, goblin, and orc. So Atten's have no language of their own, but speak a pigeon, a pigeon of giant goblin and orc. Creatures that can speak any of these languages must succeed on a DC 15 int check to communicate with the Atten. Check once for each bit of information. If the other creature speaks two of these languages, the DC is 10, and for someone who speaks all three, the DC is 15. So that's in reference to the thieves can't being different in different gotcha. different locations. That that's what I was thinking when we talked about Thieves Camp for the Deep Scion. But it has okay. nothing to do with the Boggard. I just thought it was a cool a cool mechanic that I haven't seen before with, with language. Yeah, they always you always see monsters or creatures or whatever that either have their own or speak common, which is the easiest thing to do. Right. Or or just so, just like one that. one solid language. So it's it's Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So the Boggard. So the Boggard, they have a Morning Star attack. It's a, oh, they're they're a CR two, so they're little guys. Okay. They have a Morning Star. They have leather armor. They have the that tongue and the terrifying croak. But other than that, the I think the the greater detail is their society. Exactly. Yeah. The society, the the lore. I love the idea of the spawning pools. Very mind flare. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is, and and it's also, oh gosh, what was it? The the Niogi, remember the Niogi yep. can't can't join society until like they go out and enslave an Umber Hulk. Yep. So the these can't go out, or these can't join until they kill a sentient humanoid. That's that's just just blatantly evil. I mean, they are chaotic exactly. evil. They are chaotic evil medium humanoids, but it's. The, just the idea of killing, deliberately killing a a sentient humanoid to become a part of your society. Like, there's nothing more evil than that. That sounds just, that's supervillain material. That's gang initiation, but it's your entire yes. society. <laughs> it, it is. It is. They're just a bunch of hoodlums. They're a gang. Exactly. Yeah, they, they've all got a single tear tattoo on their cheeks. <laughs> And uh, you have to, they drive around with their headlights off. And, and if you flash your headlights at them, they kill you. Yeah. yeah. They're literally every meme that, that's ever been posted in that regard. By, yeah, every Facebook meme that your mom sends you and says, oh, oh don't do this. and, and Don't do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are the inspiration on your that. steering wheel. Uh, they are the inspiration. I love that. What's the, the quarter yes. on your steering wheel? I don't know that one. I, there's like a quarter on your your either your tire or your steering wheel or something then just then walk by your car because someone's in the back seat or something like that I don't know oh what's the point in giving it away probably so the other people in the the gang don't get into the car as well I'm not so sure. they don't double up it's a clown car of yeah. murder <laughs> 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 There's just four quarters on on your wheels. Yeah, one one on each wheel. There's no room for you. That's right. Yeah, it's you'll mi- you'll eventually I mean, see them in each seat. It's a Mini Cooper. 
the I like the the comp- the color change as they get older. Eventually, you'll see mm-hmm. see if if you get deep enough into their society or their village or whatever, you'll see a a, a completely white corpulent one who kind of rules over everybody. That's cool. Would say a priest, a priest king yep. cast. That's neat. Just looks like Marlon Brando from. Uh, yep. Was it Island of Doctor Moreau? Uh, yes. Yep. Yep, in a moo-moo. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep, I like that. I like that a lot. And I I think that's all I got. I like, I I can't see more, like I said earlier, I can't see more than the, the one stop, oh, we have a problem in this village thing. I see that as being a very, a powerful hook with these guys just because there is so much more. But I can... In terms of the the kind of lore behind that, maybe it's maybe there's a little kid, and you know how kids go out and just grab stuff and and bring it back home. Maybe he grabs a tadpole Ooh. and doesn't realize that it's a a bogger. Yeah. Well, the and eventually, it yeah, the tadpoles and, get three feet long. Yeah. Well, yeah, but but I mean, it could be an early one. But I mean, yeah, I mean, m- maybe the kid. Maybe that's we talked about cutscenes last episode. Maybe the you the cutscene is the kid goes to this pool and sees a, a a pond full of first of all, someone's really dropping the ball not guarding the tadpole pond. Good point. <laughs> but but maybe the kid sees a bunch of tadpoles and some really big ones, but he grabs a little one, you know, and he throws it in a in a jar yep. like Link does fairies in, in Ocarina, you know, you just catch it in a jar. Exactly. It I can see that going two ways, a couple different ways, actually. One, what if they have the pool and it is unguarded so that that happens and they can, you can have like an agent in each village or in each household with all these young kids and then it's just murder time. It's a long game infiltration thing almost. You're saying they're going to grow up and be raised the boggart is going to be raised in that village it's going to grow up enough to be to become the actual boggart and not just the tad and then and then all of a sudden the the light flips and that kind of base primal instinct comes out and then it's just the, the entire town was raised to the ground because of because of a single adolescent boggart well no because each there's a bunch of kids in the town and they each all go to this pool. So, you know, five or six houses have one of these growing up and it becomes its own little gang. You know what that feels like to me is a hook for a goosebumps novel. Yep. Everybody, everybody (laughs) goes out and grabs a tadpole. And then the, the big like climactic reveal is that it's a, it's a, there's a village that lives right next door and it's and all that. Yeah, that feels it's either it's either Goosebumps or Erie, Indiana, something like that. Yeah, definitely. But maybe that's what it is. You're you're brought in to just to investigate that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. I like that. That's that that makes visiting the village that has a problem a little more interesting than hey, th- these our neighbors are are attacking us. That's a cooler idea, sure. I think. Sure. And maybe you maybe you can work it into the lore that 
there are villages that surround this swamp and some of them have been decimated mysteriously and you're going to one that that hasn't yet happened exactly you have to walk through a ghost town yeah. basically just to get there and i i think i would i would put some sort of I don't know, magic or, or something that would attract the kids to get those tadpoles at certain oh, yeah. times. Red balloons. Yeah. Yeah. In, in sewer grates. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Before we go any further, I just want to go back to the sticky tongue, a detail I forgot. Unlike a giant frog, a boggard cannot pull targets toward it with its tongue. So they can't, they can shoot it out, grab it, and release the target as a free action, but it, they, there's not enough strength there to pull back. Okay, so you're just holding on. Yeah, and it's not like they'd be eating what they grab with their tongue anyway. Yeah, that's true. It's interesting that they can't do that and the tongue doesn't provide the grappled condition or anything like oh, that. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it definitely doesn't say grappled. It's just they can't move more than 10 feet and they take a negative two to their AC. That's interesting. And just a negative two, because you said that doesn't stack. Right. So that's... I suppose that would be a direct relation to their to their decks, like slowing down their, their, their movement. Oh, sure. You know? Yeah, that would make sense. And they can only slow down so much, so it's not like another tongue or two is going to do, do much. No, that I that it makes sense when you say it that way. Yeah. It's just weird that that that's it. I guess. Still, I mean, a negative two, especially at level two, CR2, negative two is you're down to what? Ten, nine, even maybe if if you're, if if you're really hurting. So, so that's that particularly in the, in the, the law of exponents, you know, if you're, if you're level 18 and you get a negative two to your AC, eh, you know? Yeah. You know, but that being said, everything at level 18 is going to be hitting at a level 18. So it's still, it's still enough. You know, even a negative one to your AC can make a difference regardless of your sure. level. Yeah. Especially when they're coming up behind you with a morning star. Yeah. T- a tongue and a morning star. That's the, that's the name of the Boggard novel. Yeah. <laughs> Coming of age tale. <laughs> Tongues, tadpoles, and morning stars. <laughs> Any any other thoughts? I like these guys. I think they're fun. Yeah, I do too. I think the only other thing I can think is the almost the flip where the tadpole is raised in a human village oh, yeah. society. Like fully raised. And becomes yeah. becomes a kind of eschews the the killer instinct yeah. and the the evil nature of its of its tribe. And maybe, maybe that's your, you get an NPC like that or you get a PC. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a, a good way to play it. Yeah. Find, yeah, I'm sure you could find a template for like a frogman or a bullywug or something sure. and, and just build your character off of that. Yeah. I, I could see this as being totally n- nurture and not nature. This, this killer instinct, yeah. you know? Yeah, and it, you could even take it so far as this creature becomes a a cleric or something along those lines, where it realizes that killer nature mm-hmm. of itself and refuses to. So it's just support. It's just mm. I'm just gonna heal and I'm gonna buff you guys yeah. and 
you know, or it's a, a, a bard or something yeah. along those lines. It's terrifying. Croak is more, you know, Paul Stanley circa 2020 <laughs> croak. It's a, it's a power chord. Yeah. Power croak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I like that idea a lot, actually. It's a, it's, I, I've said this a couple of episodes already. The, the followers of Isla Strayi, in in terms of the drow, he the, the Boggard knows that Boggards are evil and have a bad name, but he's trying to go around and, and say, listen, we're not all bad. It's very rare that you find someone out of out of the, the the society, but maybe it's a lot like I'm listening to the Harry Potter novels audiobooks right now. It's with Stephen Fry, the amazing Stephen Fry narrating. And uh, I'm on the Goblet of Fire and Hermione wants to free all of the house elves. So maybe he starts the society for the freedom of boggards. Svab. This doesn't have, I, I'll have to workshop that, but <laughs> may, so maybe he's, he's going around and trying to hire mer, even just like mercenaries, anyone who will do it to go in and capture as many tadpoles as possible. So he can, so he can have his own society. Maybe you come upon a society of boggards that that have been pulled out, and there's the one original big fat white one that is like, oh, I was the original, and I was freed, and and he just he thanks, he he praises the the family, the one kid who captured him in a jar forty years ago, you know. Exactly, and then gives you a bunch of jars to go out and yes. steal more. Yeah, you're just walking around clanking with empty jars. I, I, I've convinced myself. You have helped me build this story. I love the idea of the freedom, the freedom unit for for boggards. That's I love that. I, that's a cool hook. That's a really cool story. I like that a lot. A little bit more than just a here help. We have trouble yeah. in town. Yeah, there's we. Eventually, we we dive deep enough. Eventually, we 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 mine that ore of a nugget there. So how how many clown cars of murder would you give the boggard? Because I'm I I've the last ten minutes. I've my number has has continued to climb. I love the idea of the campaign we just built. I would have to give. I know I, when I started, it was you know maybe a four or a yeah. five, but I think I think the Boggart is a solid six. Yeah, I would I think I would have gone six seven. I don't think it's as as overarching as the Deep Scion per se. No, I mean it's a it's you can build a campaign, but it's like a part of a campaign. Yeah, but that being said, that leg I think would be a lot of fun to run, and you'd get I think you could get at least five levels out of it. You could oh, sure. you could stretch it out enough. You could because you, you could always throw in other critters that are are helping the boggards, you know. So you gotta you, you gotta take care of the side quest before you do the main one and stuff like that. I think you could you could Just get at least stuff five. in the swamp. Yeah, exactly. To yeah. get to their their pools. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So what do we say? Six. Six. Yep. Six clown cars of murder for the boggard, and that's it for us this week do while you're waiting for us next week for another random monster go on over to apple podcast rate and review us make sure other nerds can find us so they can hear our sweet sultry voices talking about random monsters so do that come on back next week another random monster from a random monster manual thank you so much for listening bye-bye
Hey, Random Encounters is a proud member of the Feckless Momes Audio Network.